What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 504 of Ask Pat. And uh, if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. I know this is a holiday and some of you uh, don't do work and maybe you're listening to this later and that's totally fine. But I know some of you who, especially on holidays, that's your time to kind of uh, you know catch up and do things like that. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy everything. I uh, just hope you're enjoying time with your family and doing what you love. And uh, we have a great question today actually from Rick. But before we get to that, I do want to thank um, you because you're awesome and just thank you because you know Christmas is a time to be thankful and be with your family. And I feel like you guys are a part of my family too. And I know a lot of us have met before in person. A lot of us have talked and conversed on social media or via email. And even, even if we haven't, you know, I just wanted you to know that I appreciate you. I'm thankful for you. And uh, I'm just thankful for all of your support. So thank you. Now, here's today's question from Rick. Hi, Pat. This is Rick. My website is called rickzulo.com, and it's a travel blog, a travel blog that's devoted exclusively to travel within the country of Italy. I've been a fan of yours for a while, and um, I know that you, in addition to your blog and to your podcast, you also do quite a bit of public speaking. Well, I have an opportunity myself to do a couple of uh, speeches, I guess you say presentations, in the next couple of months, the first one being in just a few weeks. And uh, I was wondering if you could give me any pointers, just maybe a few takeaways that you got from your uh, experience with the speech coach, um, a speaking coach, and your your time up on stage. Uh, maybe some things that I could do beforehand to help prepare or even during the, the presentation to calm down a little bit and make sure that things flow as, as good as possible. So listen, again, I've been a fan for a while and I appreciate everything you do for us online, all the value you create for your community. Thanks, Pat. Hope to hear from you. Bye. Hey, Rick, what's up? Thank you so much for the question. I hope my answer gets to you in time, or if not, uh, prepares you for some of the other presentations you have. And first of all, congratulations on getting asked to speak or actually you know, making an effort to go and speak at different places. It's one of the best things I've done. As I said earlier, uh, in many episodes, I've fallen in love with the craft of public speaking. It's a great way to deliver a message. And focusing on public speaking and delivering presentations has allowed me to increase uh, my communication skills and just become a better presenter in life and when I'm sharing things. And so I think this is a great skill that a lot of us could uh, benefit from. And just so you know where I came from, for everybody else out there listening, I was definitely not a natural public speaker. I, like Rick said, hired a coach and I did a lot of practice. And uh, in the beginning, I just never wanted to do it. But seeing the impact that it's had uh, on, in my business, I just continued to want to do it. And I still get scared. I still get nervous sometimes, especially when there's large crowds, um, I, I get as nervous as I almost want to throw up before I go on stage, and that's that's common. I know a lot of celebrities and singers who do that. I think Adele, who's super popular right now because she just came out with a new song, Hello, um, she does the same thing before she gets on stage. She gets really sick and ill, but then she goes on stage and crushes it because – She's obviously very talented, but also puts in a lot of practice. And that's where I would start, Rick. You just want to make sure that you give yourself enough lead time to practice, 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 practice. Because the more you practice, the more you will better understand the information, the more opportunities you will go through iterations of your uh, presentation. And what's cool is every time I go through my presentation, because I don't script it out, that's actually what I used to do, and I would not recommend that. But because I don't script it out, and I'm kind of just going based off of an outline and trying to, just, you know, support this transformation I'm trying to share with my audience. Cool things come out, 
during those practice sessions, things that I'm like, whoa, that was really cool. I'm, I gotta make sure I add that into my actual presentation. If you don't give yourself an opportunity to discover those cool moments, you're never gonna have any. So practice as much as possible, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to run through the whole thing 100 times beforehand, although I have done that, and that it was probably overload. I actually ended up, for one presentation, this was 2013 in St. Louis at the Financial Blogger Conference, I put in 250 hours of work into prepping for that keynote. Now, the reason I did that was because this was the conference that helped me get my start two years prior in terms of getting on stage. And so I wanted to give back because they gave me an opportunity and I wanted to blow them away and I, and I think I did that because people are still talking about that presentation. I actually ended up tripping on stage on purpose in the beginning. I walked from the back, actually ran from the back of the room, fell right on stage, people gasping, people, oh my gosh. And then the music started to rewind, the intro music, and I rewound and went back to my seat and then ran back up again and kind of just was fast forward, you know, rewinding and going back into to real time. And why did I do that? Well, because the first words that came out of my mouth were, you never get a second chance to make a first impression, which is what that presentation was about. So I always try to start in a, in a big grand way like that uh, to create something memorable, to capture people's attention um, and whatnot. But, you know, the practice that, that goes along with all the presentations you do is gonna be really important. That's where I would start. Now, I would also recommend checking out Episode 16, I believe it's episode 16, of SPI TV. Actually, you can look up in Google. Go to Google and type in 33 public speaking tips because this is what I do in this video. I share 33 different public speaking tips. It's a video of me actually crashing in an empty room at a conference. I had Caleb come in, film me, sharing these tips with you, and a lot of people, over 7,000 people at this point have viewed this, and a lot of people have said that it's one of the best videos out there for uh, just getting a whole brain dump of different tips that you can use. But I'm gonna share a few tips that I have with you as you move forward into your presentation, which overlap with this video. But I would recommend checking it out. Again, go to Google, type in 33 public speaking tips, and you'll see SPI TV episode 16. It's about a half hour video of me teaching you all the different things that I've learned that have helped me that I've picked up from my speaking coach through the experience that I have on stage and watching thousands of presentations. That's another thing you could do. That's that's another great tip, Rick, is again, sort of just giving you a brain dump here too, and it's a little bit more organized in that video. But one thing I would do is I was I would watch as many presentations as possible because then you can start to develop your own style. You can see what you like from different presenters and what you don't like from different presenters. And when you see other people do those things, you get to kind of incorporate what you like and dis don't like uh, into your presentation or keep those things out that you don't like. And so I would start with TED Talks. TED Talks are great. People are fine-tuned presenters there and you know they all have different styles and some of them I don't like and some of them I absolutely enjoy and I've incorporated a lot of those things into the way I speak and, and, and my approach to speaking too. Now, speaking of approach to speaking, there's a lot of things you can do before you go up on stage that can help you. And, you know, beyond the, you know, practicing, beyond the, you know, outlining and that sort of thing, there's a few things you can do to help give yourself an edge. And the first thing I like to do is actually get to know who's going to be in my audience first. So discovering what kind of person is going to be in the audience is important. So even before the event that I speak at, especially if it's one that I haven't gone to before and I don't know what that crowd is like, I'll email the person I'm contacting uh, or I have contact with from that event just to get an idea of who's in the crowd. Who, what are they like? What are their, what are their goals? What, what, are their, what do they do? Uh, I also try to get access to other videos from the past so I can see who else, for example, has spoken at those events or uh, just to get a feel for what the audience is like and, and what they like, what they dislike. And when I'm at the event, 
before I speak, I always try to shake hands and talk to and meet as many people as possible before I go on stage. And there's two reasons you want to do that. For me, at least, I do that because it just makes me feel more comfortable knowing who's in the audience. You know, if I know that there's somebody in the audience that I've met and I see them and, you know, I try to meet again, as many people as possible, just makes me feel more comfortable on stage. So I'm not just speaking to a whole bunch of strangers. And even though I've just met them, the fact that I actually just even said hi and shook their hand makes me feel more comfortable because it's kind of ah, breathing a little bit, right? The second thing, the reason why I do this is because it helps that crowd. Even though I'm not able to shake hands with everyone typically, it just helps the crowd know that I'm there and I'm focused on them and that I'm friendly and nice. It just makes a great first impression. When you see the presenter going up and shaking hands with everybody, smiling, getting to know different people in the front row, everybody sees that. And especially when you can hear it on the microphone, which isn't always possible, but it's kind of cool because you can hear that person interact with the crowd and just makes you feel like, okay, you're in a friendly environment. You're open to hearing to what this person says. So that's the first thing. The second thing I want to do, and even before that point when you are uh, there presenting, go to that room beforehand and just scope it out. Get up on stage if you can. Talk to the tech guy. That's another tip. Talk to the the tech guy who's going to be running your microphone, potentially filming what you're doing. Um, get to know that person. What is their name? What, you know, just introduce yourself so that when that time comes to present, you know, they're going to be there to help you out. You've already developed a relationship with them, and that that's very important too. Plus, that time on stage that you have, even if the room is completely empty, just helps you feel like you know what it's going to be like when you're actually doing it. Again, just giving you a little bit of an edge to make you feel a little bit more comfortable when you actually go and do the real thing. Now, if there's somebody that's going to introduce you, Rick, on stage, which often happens, somebody will have some script that they read off about you and what you're presenting about and that sort of thing, get to know that person too and actually see what they're going to say first or actually make sure that they know who you are, um, that they know what they're going to say. A lot of times they just make things up on the spot based off of a script and it's nice if they know who you are and just becomes a little bit more friendly. That's just, This is a first impression people have about you even before you go on stage. So it's really important that you try to control that as much as possible. Get to know who that person is, who's gonna be introducing you. Introduce yourself and just ask you know, what they're gonna say to see if there's anything you can add or anything that should be changed. Um, I've caught a few there's been a few instances where I've caught that person saying incorrect data or facts about me or there's something that I can add to those things to make it even better before I go up on stage. Now, the other thing I want to talk about really quick before I finish up because we're already 10 minutes into this. And again, I, uh, I have a whole video about all these types of things, 33 different public speaking tips. Actually, just look that up in Google, 33 public, public speaking tips, and you'll see my face there in a YouTube video, SPI TV episode 16. That's going to help you out. The last thing I want to share is that First minute and a half on stage. That is the most nerve-wracking portion of a presentation for me because it's just like you're there and everybody's looking at you and they're waiting. Now, the other thing that I wanna say is that they want you to succeed. Nobody wants to sit in a presentation and have you just not give them good advice, not be entertaining, that sort of thing. Like nobody wants you to fail, right? And that, that when I learned that, I was like, yeah, they want me to succeed, so I have to do it for them as much as I want to do it for me. But it just made me feel more comfortable because I didn't feel like they were out to get me. You know, like this crowd that becomes this entity that we often feel like is just out to get you, right? Because it's so scary. But, you know, they all want you to succeed as much as you do. So just keep that in mind. But that first minute and a half, it's, it's going to be very difficult. And that's why out of all the rehearsal that I do beforehand, out of all the practice, that first minute and a half to two minutes, that's what I rehearse the most. I go over it over and over and over again. And although I said you shouldn't script the whole thing, I do script that part because I wanna make sure that I get that first two minutes right because that will help you get into the flow. 
once you get into the flow, things just start to take over. You're you're on autopilot, and because you've practiced uh, you, and you know your material, you're just going to go through it uh, and and do an awesome job. But that first minute half, minute and a half, that's where you know your brain is like trying to stop you from doing this awesome thing. And if you've practiced it so much and you got it fine tuned to a point where you could do it in your sleep with your eyes closed, I guess it wouldn't matter if your eyes are closed or not. But you know what I mean. Then you're you're gonna get through those first crucial uh, through those first crucial couple minutes, and then you're just gonna take it from there, and everything will be great. So practice those first two minutes more than anything. Your introduction, and if you need some help, a couple things I mentioned in the video is I actually share a video in a lot of my openings in my presentations. So something that actually helps ease the tension a little bit. Um, I'll often start with a story too. Stories are easy to tell, and they're very they're a great way to make a connection with an audience. And uh, if it's something. That, that ties into the presentation, which hopefully it will, just is a great way to start too. The last thing you wanna do is just go up on stage and say, thank you, I'm so excited to be here. Um, did you know that this fact and this fact? No, go up there, be confident, take a few minutes and pause even, because people's attention are gonna be right on you, and then you start out with that story, that video, or that question, um, getting people to raise their hand, those are all good things you can do. And again, check out that video, 33 Public Speaking Tips. Just look that up in Google, SPI TV, episode 16. Rick, I hope this helps you out, and I wish you all the best of luck. And uh, yeah, we're gonna send you an ASPAT t-shirt for having your question featured here on the show. And uh, I also wanna thank everybody else out there who has been asking questions because this show wouldn't exist without you. I appreciate you. You can just ask your question right now at askpat.com. You can go there and check that out. And I wanna thank uh, today's sponsor here at the end of the show, which is Braintree, which gives you a full stack payment solution if you're collecting payments of any kind on any type of website, even applications, uh, you gotta check out Braintree. They have support for all payment types your customers might want. Start accepting Android Pay, Apple Pay, PayPal, Bitcoin, Venmo, credit cards, whatever's next, all with a single integration across all different platforms, and they have superior fraud protection, customer service, and fast payouts for you too. So to check it out yourself, visit braintreepayments.com slash pat. Again, that's braintreepayments.com slash pat. I wanna thank you again so much for listening in. I appreciate you. Merry Christmas to you all. Happy holidays. And here's a quote to finish off the day by Seth Godin. He said, are you a serial idea starting person? The goal is to be an idea shipping person. Cheers, take care. And again, as a reminder, check out my book, Will It Fly, at willitflybook.com, coming soon. Cheers, I'll see you in the next episode of Ask Pat.